This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Thanks to StoryWorth for supporting Made for This. Get to know your loved ones better and preserve those special moments forever with StoryWorth. Save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash made for this. And now here's Jenny. Hey guys, we are back after three months off this summer. Chloe and I both took some time off and our team at If Gathering took some time as well. And it was truly life-changing. I was crawling into the month of June pretty exhausted and have been doing this a while, 10 years, and really, I think, hit a point where there was just a lot going on in our family. There was a lot going on um, in the world. (laughs) There was a lot going on at work and just needed to not feel the pressure and adrenaline of all of that all the time. And so certainly I got a lot of time with my family and I got a lot of time to just have fun and relax and and it was restorative in its own way just to turn off the part of my brain that is always trying to solve problems and take care of the people in my life that I want to take care of, including all of you that I care about deeply. And so that rest, what it did to me was real. It was something that actually changed things in me because it gave me perspective, my body restored. I feel different than I did before. It's incredible. I always say rest is a real thing. It's not a feeling. It's not something that is make-believe or mythical. It's actually something that happens to you. And when you choose it and when you do it, God restores us. And so I, I feel like it was a step of obedience for me. And I'm so grateful to my team that allowed me to do that. It felt very extravagant to take that much time off and yet very necessary. And so I'm so grateful to them. And thank you to all of you that haven't gone anywhere. You're still here. (laughs) You know, that's the risk as a leader is if you get invisible for too long, you quickly become irrelevant. And and I'm fine with that actually. But if I'm going to come back, I'm excited that, that you're still here and that I get to invest in you. And I really do feel passionate and inspired about the topic we're going to tackle this season. So this summer when I was taking a break, one of the things that became uh, very important to me and I continued to notice was a theme in the things I was listening to and the things I was reading was about identity and not in the typical way that I had always thought about identity, which is this idea that we are a person who can get insecure or have comparison and that kind of, I've kind of always heard identity talked about it in that form or around those topics. It was actually way more inspiring than that as I saw in my own life that the more grounded I was becoming, it had to do with several different parts of my life. It wasn't just my mind, as we've talked a lot about here with Get Out of Your Head. It was my body. I actually hired a functional medicine doctor and learned why I have not slept my entire adult life through the night. I worked out. I actually ate well and I took care of myself. And I that's just my body. When I look at my spiritual life and my emotional life, I realize that part of who we are is all of these parts together. And as believers, sometimes we're really good at talking about the spiritual part, sometimes even the relational or the emotional part, but we rarely talk about the physical part. In this series, what I want to do is I want to tackle the whole being. I want to talk about 
the fact that we are many parts that equal one part. I did counseling through this time. I worked on our marriage through this time. We did, my husband and I. We tackled lots of different parts of our life, and it wasn't even super strategic. I didn't even go in with a big, big plan. I just knew that there were certain parts of my life that needed attention, and I gave those parts attention. And as I did that, I watched my spiritual life light up again. I watched my emotional life get more steady and healthy again. And so I think for the context of what we're going to talk about in these weeks, I want you to consider that you are a person with many parts and there are many things that cause you to want to get up out of bed on a given day or not. And that scenario, which I think a lot of us are facing right now, just that first initial, your eyes open and do we want to get out of bed, that there are a lot of parts of you that are playing into that moment, that it's not as simple as just you're not trusting Jesus that for many of you, there are other things going on. Like there were for me, there were physical things happening to me that were causing me to feel tired for half the day. And and I want to talk about all of that because God cares about all of that. Also, God built us not to just be spiritual beings on this earth. We are physical beings. We are emotional beings. We are relational beings. All of that is true of us and God built us as such. So For us to just live in this world of spiritual life and to not consider emotional life and health and physical life and health and relational life and health and to not see ourselves as an integrated person that that has all of these parts to us, then we are short selling our spiritual life because our emotional life isn't healthy. There's a great book that I read years ago called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. It's by Pete Scazzaro. I highly recommend it. And he made a great point, and I'm going to make a similar point, but even broader, that your spiritual life is only as healthy as your emotional life is healthy. If you are emotionally stunted as a five-year-old and you still emotionally are functioning at that level, then your spiritual life is going to take a hit. You can't go much further in your spiritual life than you have in your emotional life. I'm going to say our spiritual lives are actually dependent on more than that. Our spiritual lives are dependent on several things. And I hope over the years you've felt me as someone who is prioritizing spiritual life. That is it. If that is true, if the story of God is true, if the Bible is real and heaven is coming, then there is no bigger story, right? That is the end goal. I think of Hebrews 12. It is a life theme for me. It's certainly a ministry theme for me. That when we run the races that God has set before us, every one of you has a race that God has prepared for you. If you are a believer, then there are good works that he prepared in advance before time began that you would accomplish in your short time here. If you believe that and you believe that that his passion and vision for your life is that the sin and the burden that so easily entangles us would would be cast off and thrown off and, and that we would accomplish the purposes that God has for us, Hebrews 12, that we would run the race set before us. It ends with fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. There's several things going on there, certainly the goal of which I would argue is not actually to run your race, the goal of which is actually that last part, that we would be people who are fixed, transfixed on Jesus, knowing and believing that as we focus and fix our lives and our eyes and our mind on Jesus, that our races will be run. If, if I've noticed in my own life, when my, when my spiritual life, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added to you, when my spiritual life, when that is first and foremost, then I know what to do. I know where to go. I know 
how to feel about certain situations. I know how to throw sin and I want to throw sin off and burden because I have perspective. So ultimately, as a person who cares deeply about your faith, I think we see this best in our kids and I can look at different ages. In fact, even just this morning, I sat down with one of them and we had breakfast. And you know, right now that kid is struggling in several different areas in their life, but they're also thriving in others. I mean, they are thriving, just like all of us, right? Like they are, they are thriving in some areas and, and really not thriving in others. And we're worried about this kid. And so when we set across from this kid, we notice quickly that they were spiraling and beating themselves up and believing that their identity and their worth was a result of the worst decisions they were making. They felt bad about it. And as we continue to process this, you know, what, what as parents we were trying to do and we're trying to do with all of our kids is to help them see that they are not just their bad mistakes, that there are beautiful things about their lives and choices they're making that are, we're so proud of. We're so proud of. And they're in process and other things just like we are. Many of you today are going, this is blowing my mind because I've never thought about myself with parts. I've never thought to myself, you know what? When I came back to work, let me give you an example. When I came back to work, there was a big part of me that didn't want to come back. I was really happy this summer. I was really happy with less burden and less pressure, enjoying my family. And there was a part of me that could justify that as a godly, noble thing and retire early and do that. And, and honestly, part of me wanted to. But earlier in the summer, I realized that I felt dread about work. And so every time people would ask me about work, I would say, I don't want to go back. Well, my counselor wisely, Kurt Thompson, wisely said, Jenny, a part of you doesn't want to go back, but a big part of you loves your work and actually wants to go back in a healthy way and wants to do the things that God's put in your heart to do. And it was so, I don't know why. I'm like, yes, obviously that's true. But why that was such a breakthrough for me is that I tend to say, well, I'm tired today. I'm unhappy today. I'm frustrated today. I'm anxious today. I'm great today. I'm happy today. I'm joyful. And the reality is there's not been a day in my whole life that I've just been one of those things. And that's true for you too. But we never use that language. And I don't know. I and you know, I'm still in counseling. Maybe one day this will this will all arrive in some clear form for me. But I I figure that the rest of my life I'll be sorting that out. And that God's okay with that. That he's probably more okay with that than you or I can imagine. In fact, he's not waiting for us to arrive somewhere. He's he's in it with us. On a recent trip to a family reunion with my mom out to East Texas, she was telling me about how her family, all the way back to my grandmother, and I think even my great-grandmother, had this huge copper pot that every fall they would make apple butter and like stir the applesauce by hand over the open fire for like two days on end to make these jars and jars of apple butter. And they still have the pot and they still make it up in Missouri, some of my aunts and uncles. And that got me thinking. I thought I knew a lot of my mom's family stories, but we were chatting one day and I heard a story that I had never heard before. And that got me wondering how many other stories out there that I don't even know. And that's why I got StoryWorth. StoryWorth is offering $10 off your first purchase at storyworth.com slash made for this. 
So StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your family, your loved ones connect through sharing stories and memories and then preserves them for years and years to come. So every week you get an email to your loved one that has a really deep thought-provoking question. Each prompt asks questions that you may have never thought of. I didn't. Like, what is one of your favorite childhood memories? What's the best advice you've ever received? I've really enjoyed reading through my mom's answers to these questions because they're stories and memories that I'd never heard before. And I've discovered new details about stories I thought I really knew. After a year, StoryWorth compiles all those questions and stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that the whole family can share for generations. So it's fun to have my aunt, my mom, send all these beautiful photos of my grandfather and my aunt when she was in high school. Just things that it's like, oh, that's so cool. Like, my son kind of looks like my mom. Or I didn't realize I had gotten my grandmother's eyes. Get to know your loved ones better and preserve those special moments forever with StoryWorth. Right now, for a limited time, you can save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash made for this. One of the greatest books of all time next to the Bible was a book called Pilgrim's Progress. I've talked about it a lot here. It, it really has ministered to me. And the main way that in big picture form it has ministered to me is that Christian became a believer and started following Jesus early in his journey. But the rest of the story is him falling into pits and struggles and dark moments in his life where he forgot and had to trust God all over again. And God was always there waiting for him, showing him the way, telling him what was next and and helping him get free. And guys, that is the story of the Christian life. And it is more rightly resonated with people over generations than any other self-help book out there because it gives room and grace for the struggle. Let me close with this. There are a lot of pressures that you're feeling right now. In fact, some of you listen to this podcast because you are putting pressure on yourself to be more godly. And what I've learned is that's not really the way the God of the Bible works. The God of the Bible actually is after a relationship with you. Let's just look at Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not fear. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. That is not a God that screams pressure. (laughs) That is a God that is a respite from the pressure. And it breaks my heart for myself and for all of us that have somehow picked up a voice in our head, whether it was because of a broken relationship with your father or father figure, whether it was because of an unhealthy church experience, where we pick up a voice that isn't God's, that we think is God's, that's basically saying, you should, you should, you should, you should, you should, when he's saying, actually, I want to take care of you. I actually want to lead you beside still waters. I actually want to restore your soul, not wear it out. And when we approach something as big as our identity, what can happen to us is we can immediately start to think, what do I need to achieve so that I am awesome, so that I measure up, so that I am complete and whole? And what God would say is actually, let's start, let's begin with compassion. Let's begin with the grace for you to be imperfect, for your identity to have some holes, for your personhood to to have some places that are really broken that maybe you wish weren't there. And let's let's just start with what is. Let's start with what is true. And so I, I want you to ask yourself these questions today. I want you to ask yourself, 
How are you doing? (laughs) The different parts of you. I want you to think about your body. I want you to think about your emotions. I want you to think about your your mental health. I want you to think about your, your work, your friendships. I want you to kind of think of yourself as a really big picture, that puzzle that has lots of different pieces. And I want you to take each piece and I want you to really look at it. And I want you to write down like, okay, how is this part of my life right now? And I want you to say, okay, you know what? It's feeling lacking. And when you get to a part, which maybe all of them will be here and that's okay, that you feel like, gosh, that's extra broken or, or I... I feel like this part is 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 almost non-existent. My my spiritual life is almost non-existent. I want you to actually just <laughs> have a lot of compassion for yourself and for that part of yourself. And I want you to truly allow God to shepherd you. And here's how I do that most often in my life. In fact, we're going to talk about these two questions a lot. I ask God this. I say, God, when when I'm looking at, at this problem, when I'm looking at this part of my life, when I'm looking at this feeling that I'm having, I say, God, what do you want me to know and what do you want me to do? And guys, this is how he gently leads us. John 10, 27 through 29 says this, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish and neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. That is not a God who is sitting there waiting for you to measure up. That's a God who wants to walk with you. He wants to know you. He wants to help all the parts of you. He wants to hold those parts of you and love those parts of you and help walk through whatever it's going to take to heal those parts of you. This morning, my child that was struggling so much looks across the table at me and says, I thought I was in trouble. Guys, I think we are a lot like my child that wonders if they're in trouble, that is scared to look at the parts of themselves because they think, if I look at this, then I'm gonna have to be honest with myself and God and other people that that I'm a bit of a mess right now. And what I would say is, yeah, you probably are. (laughs) Of course you are. Of course you are. (laughs) It's been a bit of a you-know-what show for the last few years for all of us. And of course this is hard. Of course you're not thriving and and perfectly whole and well. And yay for you if you are, but I bet not every part of you is. And I bet to some degree we've been scared to look at those parts of us because we don't know what to do with them. And the word my kid used today was, I just felt so helpless. I felt like I didn't think there were answers. I didn't think I could change. But the reality was we're as parents, we have answers. We actually know what this child needs. We actually know what's best for them. And And so to get to a place where we're interacting with God out of a place of childlike faith, out of a place where our hearts are tender and we are like children and God gets to be God and God gets to love us and care for us. And just like we did this morning with our child, sit across from us and say, let me see those parts. Like, let's talk about those. Why do you think you feel that way? Well, let's get to the bottom of that. Why You're not typically this angry. Let's talk about where that's coming from and and this kid walked out and felt so loved. And you know what? Those, those parts of them filled up and, and felt safe. And we saw progress even today over breakfast. And guys, that's how we heal. Not by shaming ourselves and thinking that we should and thinking that we're failing, but by a greater vision. And we heal best in relationship with God and with other people that can look at our broken parts and go, you know what? I get that. And rather than shame you, I'd like to know why. Why are you feeling that way? And I think God 
already knows the answer. He already knows why. He already knows why it's hard for you to get out of bed in the morning. And so my favorite two questions, and we're gonna ask them throughout this whole season, and I hope and I believe you will ask them throughout the rest of your life. God, what do you want me to know and what do you want me to do? Hey guys, Chloe here. If you haven't already, can you make sure and go to follow the show on Apple iTunes or subscribe anywhere you listen and then also rate and review the show because that's how people find the show. You would not believe the messages that we get from people all over the world who are listening every single week alongside you. We love you guys. There's so much coming this fall. I cannot wait to tell you about. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Made for This podcast. Podcast.